The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Um, okay, so uh, preface here, methodological preface, okay, accidental methodological pre- preface. So I don't know if you've noticed, but this year started off as a uh, Shmakalenu year and uh, ended up being how does tefillah work okay so that was good but i think (laughs) no so i think this is a serious methodological point that sometimes there are questions that are way too big dramatic music is that the uh okay um all right well we're going on um there are points that are way too big to tackle head on and if you try to tackle it you'll usually end up either like failing getting lost or for or the worst, forcing uh, an idea that like, you know, or, or, or forcing yourself to come up with a theory that's bigger than you can actually like handle. So sometimes though, if you're lucky, you'll, you'll stumble upon a big question by going through th- something specific, you know? So in this case, so I guess two examples, the, the idea of Tila that we were working with, you know, that I did with the, the whole review of, uh, you know, the PowerPoint and stuff that really came from being forced to give a tefillah share for ninth graders where I had to like come up with distilling tefillah down to its like, like essence. And that forced me to make it, you know, to get down to the basics. This one, you know, it was really like the question that you guys asked about Shmakalino and somehow we ended up getting into like, into this thing. So like, you just got to go wherever it takes you. And, uh, you know, if it ends up being a big idea, great. If not, not. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, so we started analyzing Shmuel Kalina, but then Ariel asked me a question. You actually asked this in Shear last time, and you also asked me earlier in the week. Okay. Um, so you want to voice your own question and don't do it in the shortest way possible. I'd rather you elaborate on it. Okay. All right. Keep the fun out of it. But all right. I mean, the, the question is yeah. Um, if we are going through the process, outside of Tefillah to, you know, being introspective and we think thinking about all these ideas, yeah, you know, to see if it makes sense for you in your personal life. It sounds like, it seems like a hundred percent of the work was done. Okay. Okay. Obviously it's not a hundred percent, but like 99% of the job is done. Okay. So like, what's the point of actually opening up the sitter, going through the process? It makes no point. There's no, there's no point. Okay. Okay. Do you know what the question is? Did you catch that? It's crazy. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, um, Okay. So the question is, according to Ariel, the way we've set it up, I'm just going to fill in the details. I think think it was a good way to ask the question, that we basically said that, like, the whole essence of tefillah is changing yourself. And the more we've dealt with this safer Ikarian, the more we realize it's changing yourself through going through this thought process of examining what your needs are, examining to what extent your... um, your uh, seichel is in line with like reality, examining to what extent your actions are in line with like preparing the ground for this. So our last question is basically, so why do I need to actually dive in? You know? Okay. So we're going to do this in a different way than we usually do. I want to hear what you guys say first. Okay. Cause I, I discussed this at length with Rindy this morning and we came up with like several approaches. Yeah. Let's go with, uh, let's go with Rifty first and then David. Oh, actually very funny that Ariel asked this. I mean, it's like a classic YBT, like Jewish question. <laughs> Literally the same exact thing in like, I don't know, like 11th grade or something. Yeah. I even remember it was in room like Four? one next to that room five, I guess. Five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I remember asking, I remember what you said. I still remember you Uh-oh. said, no, it was a really good answer. Okay. Go ahead. Let's see. I don't remember. You said that, like, 
even though like all of these things could be done without actually davening and you could get to, you can, you might be able to get to the place that you can without actually like saying the words at the end of the day, like you can still have moments of like Kavana within those, you know, times where you're even, let's say you daven every single day. And then once a month you have Kavana, like those times eventually like will hopefully build more and more. And Times are like I remember the muscle you gave me, which was so good, and I still think about it. Was you remember? I was, what- to, I was no, I was trying to remember the muscle this morning. I, I, I was like, I came up with a really good muscle when I was teaching this. Yeah. So the muscle was like if someone's in a storm outside and it's like thundering and lightning, and then they're trying to make it back to the house, but they can't. Oh, that muscle, yeah. And then no, like flashes of lightning, like God, yeah. they have to be. So even though it's mostly dark. The times where the lightning flashes, then you can see, and then you can obviously, you know. The rest yeah, of the yeah. The reason why 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 we're laughing is because uh, because uh, that wasn't my muscle; that was the Ramam's muscle. So when you said my muscle, I thought I thought you meant one that like I came up with. <laughs> but uh, no, that's it's good. It's a good answer. No, it's a good answer. Okay, so I actually am going to elaborate on that, but I'm going to approach it from a different uh, starting point. But I'm glad that you remember it. I'm glad it was it worked out then. Yeah, David. Okay, so I thought I had this afternoon when I saw this question. Yeah. Uh, okay, so possible to say that maybe not actually all that much per se is of value within the okay. speech at that point. Um, yeah. And then you either have that knowing that you're going to be doing, knowing that you're going to have to be saying this and that you will be saying this at some point forces you to do all that we have been saying versus like, I think it's a general question, like why not just think these thoughts in the first place? So I think that just going back to that, that may not actually be the words per se or the speech per se yeah. that does all that much. Okay. So that, that is one approach as well, which is that the essence really is all the preparation uh, and then are you, you're saying that the speech does add something, but that's not the essence. Yeah. I mean, right. you, I think even the way you should call it the culmination or like. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely a fair. That's definitely a, f- a fair answer. That is definitely a fair answer. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, let's go with uh, Tamar, Ayala, and then Orna. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is a question rather than an answer. Is, is RL's question different from the question of like, why do I have to do a mitzvah if I already thought through all the ideas of it? Okay. So that I was wondering the same thing. What do you say? Uh, no, it's a, it's a very good question. I mean, it's a very good point. Okay, right? so it, yeah. you're saying it's it's in the same similar category of question? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. good, good. So, I have a, a okay, good. Rini and I anticipated this as well. Okay, um, all right, yeah. So was that just a question? You also had an answer? Just a question. Okay, good. All right, I think that's, that's another angle as well. Okay, uh, Ayala? Okay, um, I think what's coming to mind, I guess, is like the idea that, which I think you said a bunch of times recently of like not having too much of like a, taking God outside of the picture approach. And yeah. I kind of feel like if I, when I think about it in that way, it seems like Tzvila is mainly like, it's just like a personal tshuva. I think I asked this question actually yeah. before also about tshuva, but is there some idea of like actually asking Hashem that like we have to set ourselves up and that's like most of the work, but like yeah. at the end of the day, Tzvila is asking Hashem. And I don't know what the metaphysical thing of that would be. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think you're onto something as well. And I think that your idea, I think I have a more of an answer about your Chuva question uh, than I had last time you asked me. So I'm going to go over that as well. Okay, good. All right, Oren. Yeah. I think the, the abstract knowledge that, that God is the only one who can do this for you and that this is good for you, all of that is one thing, but then that abstract knowledge becomes like, realized when you actually go and ask similar to, okay. any, similar to with any mitzvah where you might have the abstract knowledge of what the idea is behind the mitzvah, but it doesn't become real to you until you actually do the thing. Okay. So. That's, I think that's the answer I tried to give to Ariel in Sheer last time, right? Yeah, is like that. Up, 
as the Ramam says, only, oh, one, I'm only one man could get you off the derrick, and that's you. <laughs> um, this is with the recording. I'm yeah, joking. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I listen to this. This is not okay. That's good. Um, no, but uh, but I think that's the answer I tried to give to you last time. Is that there? And it's, it's kind of related, I think, to what you're saying, David. Is that <clears throat> that? Yeah, the essence is the work that you do in your mind. But because we are a human, we're human beings, and we have um, emotions, and we have uh, we have sent like we relate things with physical senses. You have to actually like express it for it to have that full impact on you. You know, I think I give the analogy also of like you know um, knowing that you're wrong versus admitting that you're wrong, or knowing that you 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 know that you're sorry versus saying you're sorry, or 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 loving someone and saying that you love them right, uh, is, a, is a very different thing. And you cross a line. And the very fact that you're uncomfortable about that shows <laughs> that, that, it's, that it's not quite as real to you unless you say it and you externalize it. Yeah, that's still, that's still I think, my, my go-to answer. But I, I have further developments. But that, that's a good answer. Who are you answer. talking to over there? Oh, the book's behind you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyone else have any uh, approaches? I think I have, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, I yeah. have another one. Okay, sure. Different than what I yeah. was saying. That'd be wrong. Okay. Um, but maybe you can say that, like, you know, like, like the, you know, like, like the, with the Shavach and the Hodah. Yeah. You know, before and after, like, I think the requests, you know, um, you know, like they're, they're, they are introspectively, they are supposed to help you, you know, uh, recall back to your whatever, like we briefly touched upon on yeah. Monday. You know, but like the Shavach, but the Shavach, right? It's, I think, I think the danger with just doing that is like you kind of get in your own head. You start yeah. losing sight of like who's who's actually okay. passing from. Yeah. So like I think uh, the shavuot and the hoda is okay. Good. Around you, the, the okay. Right? Good. 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 Uh, that, that's, that's what, all right. Good. That was actually my first answer this morning with Rindy. Okay. okay. All right. So let, let's let's take these answers and then develop each of them a little bit and see them like through the sources. Okay. So uh, this is in no particular order. I was going to try to conceptually arrange them, but I, I give up. So let's start with the thing with the Maisa and Mitzvah, right? So, so one question is like, is this question any different than saying, if I go over the ideas of the Mitzvah, then, then, uh, then like, why do I have to actually do the Mitzvah, right? So the way Rindy put it is he said that there's always, or not always, in many Mitzvahs, there is somewhat of a letdown when you actually do the Mitzvah. Yeah, okay. And I'm curious as to which one comes to mind. 100%. Oh, see, that's what he said also. Well, that's what he said also. 100%. Okay. I spent so much time before so I guess this is yeah. other years, like yeah. doing all these studios, and I'm like holding this palm this branch, and I'm like, this is this is silly. <laughs> I, I, looked yeah. at, I, 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 you know, I looked around the room. Yeah. I looked at like my repair, and I'm yeah. like, they're all concentrating while waving this branch. I'm like, I'm trying to recall all these ideas, and I'm like, I have like two minutes of vision for me. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know what all my faders thinking about, but he looks like he's like really acting. You know, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. It's one step better than what I'm thinking. I'm thinking everyone looks like an idiot. That's all you and I also. I was like, the other people walked in. We look like a bunch of fools right now. Okay. I was like, I was like, I was like get it out, let it all out. I was like, this is a water session. I was like, this is waiting branch. This is crazy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're good. We, we, we uh, got to be honest with our feelings here. Yeah. So for me, it, uh, <laughs> it's better that you said it out loud than just thought, right? Yeah, no, it's yeah. Out, yeah, I'll be tall. I was just wondering, do we really believe that there could be a, like, I'm saying, is there like a finite a, amount of ideas to whatever it is, whether it's to feel like, I mean, especially with as much to feel as there is, but I'm saying even like within mitzvah, do we believe that there's a finite amount of ideas? that you could like, I guess, get through sort of? 
Um, int- no, we, we, we don't. And that's going to be part of my answer also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a good, good call. Okay. Hopefully I remember to, to get back to that. I'm trying to find a specific Ibn Ezra, but there's two Ibn Ezra commentaries. Um, for me, I'll just say for me, uh, it is uh matzah. Okay. Because for two reasons, uh, one is that like, you know, I think out of all the mitzvahs that I prepare for, I think that preparing for the mitzvahs of Pesach, I think I spend the most time, arguably that or like Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you know? Um, uh, so there's always this funny moment at the Seder where the first night you're eating matzah, everyone's silently munching, you know? <laughs> yeah. I cannot hold my yeah. at all. So for me, yeah, for me, it's like, you know, we spend so much time talking about these ideas and it's just a very, very like, there's a huge contrast between the profundity of the ideas and just the <laughs> you know, yeah so so I, th- th- that's like the what we call like the letdown of the mice and mitzvah okay so however and by the way this is only in let's call them uh ritual mitzvahs because clearly in sadaka you're actually doing the act of justice or in building the ma'akeh you're actually building you know or in, in kibura the aim so in like the i hate the term ritual mitzvah but you know so but here's the thing here's what i always think of whenever i'm doing the matzah is yes, the act itself is very, very like simple and base and not involved with anything. And you also might not have kavana, like you're you're just trying to concentrate on not choking to death, you know. Um, but the, here's the reality: you would not have had all those discussions about matzah and discover all those ideas without the fact that you're chayev to do the action. That's the premise of Judaism, right? Is that that the the actions are what direct us into the ideas. And, uh, you know, and, and there, the actions are an anchor into, into the world of the ideas. Hold on a second. I just want to see if I can find Even this. Even if they don't happen at the same. Even if they don't happen at the same time. Yeah. In other words, right. the perfection of the matzah, I think you do get from the, um, oh, hold on a second. I, this is in an old folder. Um, <laughs> uh, hold on just a second. This is, I think, yeah, I think this is from an ancient folder. Um, that makes the question. Er, er, so hold on. the question again. If they don't need to happen at the same time, then why does... The actual doing it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer that also. And by the way, yeah. the other reason why I'm not going in any order with these answers is because uh, I think these answers complement each other. I'm not sure which the best complementary order is. Okay, hold on a second. Is there an Ibn Ezra on uh, 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 Ibn Ezra? Ah, that's the one. Okay, yes. Oh, it was in Devarim. That's why I wasn't getting it. Okay, so this is in Devarim Lama Dalad. Ibn Ezra says, the essence is the mind or the heart. Some of them involve a verbal recitation to strengthen what's in the heart. And then there are certain things that there's an action to remember what is uh, in, what, what is in the mouth. So matzah is a good example of that. You are chayv to eat matzah. Why? So that you talk about matzah. And you talk about matzah so that you think about matzah and think about all the ideas. Okay. Tefillah is one where there are some actions in tefillah, like bowing down and stepping and all that stuff. But like it is, the verbalization is to get you to, to, to think about it. Right. So, yeah. so it's, it seems like that we're saying right now is that if we didn't have this mitzvah, we wouldn't be doing We wouldn't be doing this. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so it's almost like it's supposed to instigate us into doing it. Right? Yeah. But the right. core, however, the, the core is, you know, in, internalizing. Correctly. Right? And, correct. And that's why we call it avoda shebalev, as opposed to avodos ha'evarim or whatever so, term, so avodos ha'guf. Right. So right. So my question yeah. is, all right, you know, like I, I'm, I'm spending an hour before my davening thinking about these ideas. 
But I really want a fast stopping, you know, like quick. Yeah. Like, am I, am I losing, am I missing something? Yes, you are. And and you got to remember that in the olden days, you could do that, right? Because in the mm-hmm. olden days, Tefillah Midoraisa is, all you have to do is say, Sheva Bukasho Da'a, however you want, facing the Dash, and once a day, but it could be for as long as you want, however many words, how many times you want. Yeah, but we're in Durban world right now. Okay. And we're going to, we're going to review that in a little while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. David. Uh, just going back out for, to clarify. Yeah. You had said that you were talking about matzah. And then if we weren't doing this matzah mitzvah, then we wouldn't have these ideas. That we're talking right. About. Were you saying, were you being specific in just because if we weren't doing the action, we're just, we're just kind of shoved to the side. Or were you saying also something particular about, like learning through the Masa Mitzvah itself, like the particulars of Masa Mitzvah, or are you just working? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking more about whatever I, whatever ideas are of, uh, of perfection, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like the learning about the, like the halakhic ideas of the, of, of the mitzvah is good for your Avas Hashem, you know, and for just appreciate, you know, cultivating your relation, you know, Talmud Torah. Yeah. But I'm saying in terms of the, like the reason why God gave us the mitzvahs in terms of perfecting us, you know, um, cause and obviously you perfect yourself by learning about the ideas as, by the halachos as well, but that's not unique to matzah. That's like every halachic structure. And know? also within that, then was, wouldn't it be anything of looking at the particular, how this matzah is structured or how the matzah is structured and then getting ideas of perfection through that, you weren't saying that either. Well, that's part anything that's related to the perfection. I mean, that, that's my, uh, that's the, uh, the pillow muscle. Uh, if you're familiar with that what? article, the pillow muscle of the three layers of time and mitzvahs this is my pillow muscle theory. Maybe I'll have to give a share on that also. Right. Yeah, there's different layers in the mitzvah, of, uh, and some of them are more intrinsically related to perfection uh, than others. Right. Yeah, Rifti? Um, Yeah, I feel like this might not necessarily be connected, so I can just ask a different time. But you know the concept that, like, tefillah replaced korbanos? Yeah, I've always wanted to look into that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I just, like, the only place I really have, like, learned anything about it was in The Lonely Man of Faith. But I think even so, like, it's not necessarily like the most like fundamental level, obviously, but I was just wondering, um, like, I feel like I never fully understood how it replaced it, because even though it might be somewhat achieving the same thing, I feel like the emotions are so different. Yeah. And I guess I was wondering, like, how do we like yeah. the emotions that we have when we dive in are not the same, I would assume, as giving a Korban. OK, so I think that's a great question, but I think that deserves its own cheer. And that's one that I also I've been wanting to look into for a while. I, I also don't know the answer. OK, so I think that takes care of the uh, the the Mitzvah and like tomorrow's question. And uh, yeah, OK, yes. And or also, yeah. Okay, so second second angle is like this. Okay, this is kind of addressing Ayala's question, but I think this is an important thing that we should have done from the get-go. Okay, so let's look at the Sefer HaMitzvos um, and the, the Mitzvah Tefillah and Sefer HaMitzvos. But before we do that, uh, we have to look at, actually, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do it in this order. Okay, so the Rambam, so this is in Sefer HaMitzvos, um, Mitzvos is a number five. Okay. And um, just shout out for a question that you can think about. Uh, Brooke and Fega asked me, what's the order of the, the Rama and the Sefer Mitzvos? Yeah. Uh, this is a puzzle that we worked on in 2020 for like a couple months. Um, and, uh, and then I remembered that uh, the Baal Kuntras has a shear on it. Okay. So it's a one page shear, which we can go through at some point, but it's, 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 let's just say that you get a sense that at least for the first couple uh, first Mitzvos until Mikdash, it's like somehow in order of importance. Okay. So you just, so you have here, I mean, you can't follow that all the way through, but Anochi Hashem Elokecha is one, Yichud Hashem is two, Avas Hashem is three, Yerush Hashem is four, and then we get our mitzvah. Okay. Our mitzvah is, so he says like this, 
This is the mitzvah to serve God. Okay. Uh, this commandment is repeated many times. Okay. Certain mitzvahs are only stated once in the Torah. Other ones are stated in many contexts. So this is stated a lot. You should serve Hashem your God. You should serve Him. Him you shall serve. And to serve Him. Okay. Even though this is one of the general commandments. Pause. Anyone know what the wrong is talking about there? Uh, yeah, ones that are always uh, always applying to you. Uh, no. no. Okay, good. I'm always afraid that like oh, everyone knows this already, and like this is just going to be a waste of time. All right, good. So, uh, so uh, in the Ramam Sefer Mitzvos, the reason why he wrote the Sefer Mitzvos was he wanted to write the Mishnah Torah right away to make a book of all the halacha with all the mitzvos. But he said people are going to um, uh, are going to challenge his count of the mitzvahs and say, well, why are you calling this mitzvah and not that one? And uh, and he says that the fault of that is in the Bahag, who like messed up everyone's idea of what mitzvahs are because he listed things that shouldn't have been counted. So the Rangam writes these 14 rules for what should and shouldn't count as a mitzvah. Okay, rule number four is... We don't count mitzvos that pertain to the entire Torah. Okay, so he says, I'm not going to read the whole thing. There are certain like positive commandments and negative commandments that are not about a specific thing. They encompass all the mitzvos. Uh, as if they're saying, do everything that I commanded you. And don't do everything that I prohibited you. Uh, don't rebel against anything that I command you. So he gives examples. For example, um, everything I said to you, do. Or keep all my statutes. Or Okay, so all those statements really encompass kol Torah kula, so you shouldn't count them as a particular mitzvah. And my analogy for this is if you go to like a public pool and it says, you know, no splashing, no running, no diving, you don't have a rule that says, and obey all the pool rules, right? That just is redundant, you know, you know, mimanashat, yeah. If it's not going too much on this tangent, then why does the Torah happen in the first place? So there are, they are, they do have a purpose, but they're not particular of Tayyab. Meaning that there are ideas behind them, but and where they are located, and where they're located also, right, right. Let's say, for example, kedushin tiyu is an easy one, right, because that does talk about all the mitzvos, but that's an, saying an idea that there's an idea of kedusha. All the mitzvos make you kadosh, you know, according to the Raman. According to the Ramban, it's kadosh but that's a different thing. Okay, so this is what the Raman means when he says you should have a big problem when he says that there's a mitzvah of avodas Hashem. Right, because that seemingly encompasses kol tarakula. So he says, Even though this is one of the general universal um, uh, uh, commandments, like we explained in the fourth rule, there is a specific injunction in it. Okay, so it says you shall serve him. That's tefillah. And here's the lesser known one. Okay, also means learning. 
Okay, not Talmud like Talmud Bafli, but learning. Okay. There's another one that says, How do we know that Tfila is uh, uh, included in the mitzvos? Okay, uh, it says, um, serve him with his Torah, serve him in his Mikdash. Okay, serving with his Torah means that Talmud Torah is Avodah Hashem. And then Amru B'mikdashu, you would think that that means Korbanos, but he says, It means davening in the Mikdash and towards the Mikdash. Okay, so what do we see from here? So we see from here that um, Tefillah has something in it that partakes of the character of all the mitzvahs. All the mitzvahs are Avodah Hashem, and Tefillah is the mitzvah that is like to do the concentrated form of Avodah Hashem. Okay. So when Ayala asked the question of what's the difference between uh, tefillah and teshuva, or the bigger version of the question is what's the difference between tefillah and perfection, perfecting yourself. The answer is really, it is the same. The difference is that all the other mitzvahs mm-hmm. are commandments to perfect yourself in specific ways. Tefillah is the mitzvah of engage in the activity of perfecting yourself. Okay, so it is, it does have that character to it, you know, and in that sense, what you're saying is correct, is all the stuff you do, like, when you're thinking about, like, you know, uh, what decisions to make and what to pursue and, like, how to focus on your ideas, gem, all of that partakes of the same quality of tefillah, but the big difference is it, it is not tefillah. Tefillah is a voter believe where you're specifically, like, working on shaping your internal world, like, as an activity, per se. You're devoting yourself to that. Is like the other ones are means to working on perfection versus this is working on perfection. The other ones are, for example, when you pick up Lulav, okay, right? You are concentrating on the fact that God is the source of the, uh, of the bounty of Eretz Yisrael, right? Uh, that's one of the ideas in Lulav, right? Okay, or the idea of Misha HaShemayim Ba'art Shalom, Misha Arba Rufa Shalom, right? That, that God has ownership over the entire universe, right? Um, or the idea that there's four different types of Jews and they're all special, you know? Uh, that's uh, that's the uh, God that everyone quotes that the Ramam says. Uh, people think that that's actually a Talmud, so it's just a nice drasha with a good idea, but, you know, you, I'm sure you've heard of that, right? The, which, which the Jews with, um, there's Jews, the, the, with the Aramanium, there's ones with smell and taste, and then there's ones with smell but no taste, and then there's ones with taste but no smell, and then there's ones with neither. So there are Jews who have um, who have chachma and masim, mm-hmm. and then there are Jews that have chachma and no masim, and then the Jews that have masim and no chachma, and then the Jews that have none. But the mitzvah is you bring them all together about guda achas in one in one group uh, because of uh, whatever the idea for that is, you know. So the Rambam says that that's a great idea. And the idea itself is good, but he says, don't think that that's the Talmud mitzvah for like Lulav, but good people often quote it as the Talmud mitzvah for Lulav. Yeah. Or another idea is that, you know, the um, the Lulav represents the spine, right? And the uh, Hadassim represent the eyes. And no, so the Aravas represent the eyes and Hadassim represent the, oh no, yeah. Hadassim represent the eyes, the Aravas represent the lips and the Ezra represents the heart. And you, um, you uh, I think the Midr says that you shake them because kol atzmosai tamarna Hashem, that that like you should be praising Hashem with all of your body, you know. It's like that's you know. So there's lots of ideas, but the point is, is that when you're doing lulav, you're focusing on on perfecting yourself in that one area through that one means and through the ideas in that mitzvah. Tefillah is like 
you're, you're doing a reality check and an overhaul of your entire relationship to God and how you depend on him and what you get from him, you know, and you're focusing on that as an activity per se. Yeah. Right? So I feel like I'm missing something. Right? Can you just summarize what, like the, I'm actually not answering that. I mean, the answer I gave to Ayala last time, which I still stand by, I just think there's more to it, oh. is we said tshuva is prompted by a defect that you're trying to correct. Okay. And whereas tefillah is the activity of perfecting yourself per se. And I would say just, just to add to this, what's the relationship between Talmud, Torah, and tefillah? What would you say? Yeah, like, yeah go on. Like they're both means of gaining So that's what's in common and what's what's the uh, the difference? Well, one, one isn't like Tom and Torrance feel, yeah. isn't one philosophical and one like more activity. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, can you feel is philosophical, right? But, but, but what is that like? How, do, how, it yeah, means you, you think about the, yeah. the abstract, okay? Yeah, yeah. Tom and Torah is like you, oh, the other way around. Tom and Torah, Tom and Torah, you think about the abstract, right? Yeah, Tom and Torah, you're just pursuing knowledge, like you know, and you're not focusing on applying it to yourself. Tefillah is you're taking all that knowledge and you're applying it to yourself and seeing where you stand in relation to that. No, Tom Torah is not doing the mitzvahs. Tom Torah is, is needed for the mitzvahs, but when you're learning, you're learning. You're not doing the mitzvahs. That's why they say, is Talmud Gadol or is Maza Gadol? And they say Talmud is Gadol because it's maybe the day Maza. Yeah. Yeah. I say, maybe like a little bit differently that Talmud Torah is like going and getting new ideas. Yeah. And feel it is like renewing your. Yes. I think that's. Yeah. So one one of the things that uh, I guess I'll say now, even though this is a separate point, but it fits in really well here is uh, I once asked Rabbi Moskowitz, like, you know, kind of a similar situation to uh, what Ari was asking, like at one point of like, there's so much to like analyze and feel, you know, like how can you, it's like seem almost seems insurmountable. Like, are you really supposed to be thinking about all those ideas while you're davening? And the way Rabbi Moskowitz said it is he said, no, learning is when you go into all the ideas, but okay, learning is like being in sheer and feel is like reviewing sheer. Okay, that learning is you devote yourself to fully understanding everything, and then in, when you actually dive in, you kind of read over the whole the, the phrases and let the ideas like just wash over you and impact you. Okay, um, and that so it is by nature quicker, yeah, David. Um, first to that, yeah, I kind of still see the same thing if I'm like taking a test in school, yeah, kind of like, like this whole big build up. And like, once I'm at the test, I kind of feel a little more relaxed, and it's like whatever, I yeah, have exactly. I, I feel the same way with Tila as well, you know, especially again, especially Tila on the Yom and Orion. It's like I do a lot of preparation for that, yeah. and then when I'm there, it's just okay, it's just me, you know, with Shaman, and that's it, yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say is then, so far as Tila and Nava, yeah, would this then possibly be a reason why there's the opening that if you have, say, then perfected yourself further, that then Tila and Nava is just a further expression of that? Uh, I don't know the idea of tefillah and Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to uh, speculate. Yeah, um, so so this is again not fully answering Ariel's question, not fully answering Ariel's question, but saying that if you feel you're mm-hmm. like like, well, isn't tefillah just like like working on myself and perfecting myself? The answer is yeah, <laughs> and that's why it is it encompasses kol Torah kula. But the difference is when you're doing the rest of when you're doing Talmud, it's the knowledge that's necessary for everything, and Talmud Torah can kulam. When you're doing particular mitzvahs, it's protecting it's perfecting yourself. In, in the specific ways that that mitzvah perfects you, tefillah is your is is an activity where you're just focusing on perfecting yourself. Uh, yeah, Rifki. Yeah, I also think like everything that you're saying is even more interesting because we are supposed to be davening three times a day. So yeah. I feel like when you have those like implanted times, like okay, like when you wake up, this is what you do, and you review these ideas, and you try to think about how you could implement them more, and then the same thing in Minka and the same thing in Mara. So I feel like yeah. it's like. 
the ideas and everything themselves are true and what you're saying is true. And then you have like the repetitive nature, not only every day, but three times. Okay. All right. So this gets me, this gets me to another answer. Okay. So I think that when we first start off with, um, with davening, whenever that may be like either as kids or like, if you first start davening, like, you know, whatever, whenever you start davening, it's hard not to relate to it in the same way as like Christian prayer, you know, or like making, uh, like Rabbi Mann said once that most people's davening is equal, is pretty much equal to the way that they make a wish on their birthday candle, you know, closing your eyes and just wishing really hard and like, you know, it's funny is that I had, I had a bunch of two Christians. Yeah. Uh, I took it to Sushitopia. Okay. It's the funniest thing in the world. Like, like these guys are Christians that are very Jewish, you know, restaurant. Like, thank you, Father. Oh, the funniest thing. Meal. <laughs> oh, did they actually pray? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, like, yeah. That is funny. That's funny. I thought yeah, you were, I what's funny like, about taking Christians to sushi? Yeah. No, I was like, okay. I was like um, all right, <laughs> Yeah. Right. So anyway, so I, I think that, that you relate to it as, um, uh, if, in fact, most people ask you, like, let's say a non-Jew comes up to you and says, oh, you just said you're going to do tefillah. What is tefillah? You would probably say prayer, and they would imagine it's like that. Okay. However, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a shift uh, that we've undergone in our relationship with tefillah, I would say that the most accurate modern corollary to tefillah is guided meditation. Okay. And by guided meditation, I mean that there are forms of meditation where you just like either empty your mind or you focus on like sensory things, or whatever guided meditation is when you're focusing on like when, when you have words that direct your mind in certain ways, you know, and, um, Here's the thing is that, and it's hard for me to convey this if, if for anyone, I mean, it's hard for to relate to this if you haven't actually like uh, done meditation for, for a significant period of time. But like, if someone asks you, you know, what's the purpose of meditation? Okay, so there's really two things. One is that there is, are certain benefits to being in the actual state of meditation, okay? Whether it's calmness or like anxiety or you know, reduction or like uh, whatever it is. But the real benefits of meditation come from the fact that you are engaged in it every day. And it has a spillover effect into the rest of your life. Okay. So with tefillah, I think if you're focusing on it in the Christian paradigm of prayer, it is very, it's much easier to look at it as though like, like, what am I getting out of this instance? What am I getting out of this instance? But if you're looking at it much more as the analog of guided meditation or as a practice, it, you know, that, that's the term that is used nowadays. So then the essence is that you are constantly involved in this. Like Rufi was, was saying three times a day and at strategic times in the day. When you first wake up before you go out into the world with all of your, your goals and stuff, in the middle of the day when you have to withdraw from all your stuff and like, like get a reality check and then go back into the workplace. And then at the end of the day, when your temptation is just to withdraw into yourself in your own private world and you, you're, you are forced to confront reality and also to like reflect back on, on what you've done that day. So, so the thing is, is that like, the, the essence is the fact that you're practicing it again and again and again, and that it hits you differently depending on where you're at that day, where you're at that time, you know, and um, I think that that is a, um, I think if you just, let's say you didn't do tefillah, you're just like, what would you do, like, without tefillah, if you wanted to, like, try to do this, if you want to try to get these benefits, you probably, like, think about your goals, like, like every once in a while and like try to make them happen, but it would not be a daily practice multiple times a day with these set formulas and reviewing these specific ideas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, did before every tefill you're supposed to sit down an hour? Well, the, 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 um, the Hasidim Harishonim would sit an hour before 
tefillah, an hour, spend an hour in tefillah, and then have an hour after tefillah. I, I don't know when those chassidim harishonim, when that's referring to. Presumably, it was when tefillah was not three times a day, because then you're using nine hours for tefillah, and that's like not the best use of time, you know? Right. So presumably, you know, and um, and also unclear whether it was like a full hour or it just means like a very long time, you know? Um, that would be the way to maximize tefillah. Right. So, we so, don't, we can't really do so that. In this, in our world, are yeah. we just discussing a situation where we don't do that, or are we, or that's that and this? I don't but, understand the question. Uh, you know, when you mentioned, okay, what, what would you do if you didn't have to feel? You would just think about your goals here and there, this stuff. You know, just yeah, right, that, right, right, right. You know, well, so you do do it every day, right? Right. So that, that's you know, that's the question. Yeah. So if you did that every day, then you would then you would have this particular benefit of doing it every day. Okay. Yeah, with, with, but but is that tefillah or is no? That, it's not tefillah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So tefillah is supposed to. So what so is it supposed to add on to do thinking about this every day. Okay, so so um so let's go uh to the next the next okay. point where I'm answer that. Next point is the one that you said, which is that tefillah is not just personal bakashas. It's okay. sheva bakasha for the nation and uh, hoda okay. right. And as you said, I, I couldn't have said it better than you said. Uh, I'm about to, but no, <laughs> no, um, no, but like you, you said, like it keeps you in your place, right? It, it keeps you in your place and, and you go through ideas about God and, uh, and what your relationship is with him. And then you ask him for your, for the needs of the nation. And then within that, you ask for your particular needs. And then you reflect back on all the good that he gave you and you thank him for that. So the, the particular thing that we talked about with the Sefer Karim and formulating the Kushos, that doesn't at all equal that entire thing, okay? And call the Homer, if you put this in the context of the rest of Shafris, okay? So I don't think I've ever shown you guys this. Uh, I know I've shown Shahada students this, this oh, not this. Uh, this is printed in the back of the Quran sitter. Um, so uh, I'll show you that it's a diagram, but it says, uh, recall that the word Sidur means arrangement or order. To the untrained eye, it may seem like just a random collection of verses and sentences, but in truth, there's an order that is designed to take one on a step-by-step journey towards a rendezvous with God. How all the pieces fit together is a question which you can provide your own answer. On this page and the next are brief outlines of just two possibilities. So we have to come up with our own version, but I think this is a good visualization. Hold on, I'll show you the whole thing. So uh, this is from Rabbi Moshe Drelich. So he has it like this. Starts off with Brachos Shahar, right? And the way we've said it in my Brachos Shahar Shirin is that the way it was originally designed is every single activity you do upon waking is qualified by a shavach to Hashem on that particular thing. And so every, from the waking up to the rubbing of the eyes, to sitting up in bed, to putting your feet on the ground, to standing up, to washing your feet, you know, every one of these things gets you into this mode where you realize that every single thing you're experiencing is coming from God, right? Then you go into Pesukah de Zimra, which is praise slash wonder on creation and God's presence in history. So we did over the course of the first two years of Yeshiva uh, 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 that I was here, we did Tehillim of Sukkot Zimra, right? And I wish I could remember all the ideas, but they're all uh, in, uh, just listen to the 25 year that, uh, you know, that we did there, you know, but that's taking us, let's say with Ashrei, right? Mm-hmm. Through Ashrei begins with like, Focusing on the concept of praising God every day and why that's necessary, then segueing into God's relationship with the animal kingdom, then his relationship to human beings and Kla Israel. Then the next paragraph of, of, uh, of Pesukah Dezimra 
in uh, 146, where you're talking about using the life that you've been given to praise God while you're still alive and not putting your trust in human beings. So you're going through this whole thing of like priming your mind to trust in God and to recognize his greatness. And that's all preparation. Okay. And we haven't even like done Brooks Amar and, and Yishtabach and the role of Az Yashir. Okay. But that's all there. Um, uh, then you have the Brokos of Kriyashima, where you have the first bracha of reflecting on God as the creator. Right. Then the second bracha is talking about God giving the Torah. Then Kriyashma, which is Kabbalah's Omahu Shemaim, and focusing on Yichud Hashem and uh, Ahavaso Vitalmudo. That's what the Ram says in the first one. Then the Schar and Onish of the Mitzvos, and then Yitzis Mitzrayim, you know, and all the ideas there culminating in Ga'al Yisrael. Then you get to the Shimon Esrei, which he's saying is the private audience with the king, where you have the Adashem Sosai Tiftach and recognizing all of your faults and, you know, the, that whole idea that we did earlier this, uh, this year. Then the Shevach and the idea of, you know, the Avos of the of, of Zohar Chaste Avos and then Gvuros of Yecholos Hashem and then Kedusha and all that. Then you go into Bukashos, but you're saying your Bukashos in terms of the nation, right? You're not even thinking about your particular Bukashos. And then when you put in your particular Bukashos, it's in that context. And I was trying to think of an idea of, of an example. I think perfect example is, is Parnassa, right? So you have a Bukashos for Parnassa, right? And what are you thinking of? You're thinking of, I want a certain amount of money, right? But what bracha do you put it in? Bare Haleno, right? And what does Bare Haleno focus on? Crops. Right. And specifically, whose crops focus? Israel's crops. Right. And what time frame? The year. Right. So it's immediately putting you into the cycle of, of, of the natural cycles of the year and the harvest and the bounty that come from the Hashem, from the rains and like Eretz Israel and the well being of Klai Israel in Eretz Israel. And, and what you're not asking for riches, what are you asking for? Uh, right, but what 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 are we asking to get out of it though? We we, we say it here. Okay, well, bracha is one. That's definitely true. We say sabinimitva, right? Which is different than like fantastic wealth or you know, right? So like, it's so different if you ask for your parnasa in that context. I mean, I think we all would have to probably, given the fact that none of us, I think, right now are becoming farmers. The only one who is 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 uh, is, is our farm in Virginia right now. <laughs> Shout out to Monty. Um, <laughs> right. um, but uh, you know, but like, I think, like, to ask yourself how what you're doing, let's say your job, fits in to agriculture and God blessing uh, Am Yisrael, you know, and like that's very different than if you just did this on your own. You know, like like ask for your precautions on your own. Like that that takes takes a lot of work, and, and same thing for everything else. Yeah, I'm still missing your point. Like, what's like the point is? Well, you your whole question was why can't I just do this on my own, right? Yeah. So let's say you go on your own and you say, well, I want to get a promotion in uh, in in my uh, my job, and like I'm getting this. Are you thinking of? The brachos hashachar. Are you thinking of framing it in Ashrei and Pesach Hasidah? Are you thinking of the brachos Christian? And, and with Barakalino, are you thinking of Am Yisrael and the and nation, and then putting your request as part so of that? You're saying right. you're thinking about not just with Ashrei, but like the you know all. all yeah, that. and this is it's a guided meditation on guiding you through thinking about all these yeah. concepts, you know. And then after that, instead of just asking for stuff and going on your way, 
which is going to promote a certain sense of like entitlement and a, a sense that that everything exists to serve you. You know, you do hoda'a and recognize God's role in this, and this is not koki Miyadi and like all this other stuff. You know, and and then we we noted last time after Shir about how like in the brachas of hoda'a, like only one of them is hoda'a. Like, what's Ritze doing there? You know, what is uh, sim shalom? Why is that not in the bakashos? You know, that whole thing. Then you have tachanun, which is you're not even done yet. You realize that I don't deserve anything. You know, and you fall on your face. And like ask God, you know, to uh, to forgive you and and uh, and 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 all that other stuff. Kedusha Desidra, I have no idea what the point of that is. Of Ashre Lamnate Muvalation, I still don't know why we say that stuff. He says setting priorities for the day. Setting priorities for the day. Yeah, how is that setting priorities for the day? I don't know. Yeah, and then uh, and then concluding statements of uh, Elena and Shir Shayom. You know, so like, even though I can't articulate, I'm trying to give you like a smattering of like what the program of this guided meditation is supposed to be. And if you say, well, why can't I just formulate the bakushas in my mind on my own, in my own words, and just skip all this, that's like skipping a lot of stuff, you know, and that's not even getting to the particulars, you know? So that's why we need the actual whole tefillah. And it's our task then to figure out like what each of these is, is doing for us, you know, what role plays in our perfection. Did, did, did we answer the question of like, if I just wanted to be quick, like much more to be quick, but what's what like what's the problem if like I do think about these things? What's the problem if you do think about these things? Yeah, it's quick. Yeah, maybe like for instance, like like you know, I I just you know like two minutes from us, or like well, you you, you get out what you put into tefillah, right? Okay, right. So if you if you just want to uh, get a quick thing, like you're not going to. Uh, like that's just saying, like I don't really want to learn for three hours in the morning stair. I just want a quick morning stair. Because you get a quick one. Well, yeah, you can, but you're only gonna get five minutes of shallow learning out of that. You know, right, like, but you're doing. But you could get the you could get the guided meditation. I don't. I mean, maybe you can. But you could get the guided meditation from you know throughout from Baruch Shachar to Olenel Olenel right? Yeah. Right. Um, and you've already done the prior hour of meditation. You know, thinking about these ideas. You know, if so you've done the prior hour, then yeah, that's then, what I'm saying. Yeah, right, like, right. If you, that's what I'm saying. This question is only this question only comes to fruition. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, if you don't do that, then like you need to do you need to right. really kind of dominate. Yeah. But like, if I do the whole hour, like, why not just you know, zip through one answer? Right? Like, what's look? If if you if you're if you're yeah, on the level exactly. to to do the whole hour, then maybe you you know if you really are using that properly, then maybe you're putter from tefillah. I mean, you know, like like the 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 tor, tor, you know there there is this level which again the Ram doesn't codify because we we don't do this nowadays. Uh, and I don't maybe the Ram doesn't hold by it, but there is the level of Torah umanaso where a person who's involved in Torah all day long is putter from tefillah. You know, Rabbi Huda Nasi would daven once a month. Right. Um, and uh, and the reason for that is because his Talmud Torah is so connected to his learning that he doesn't. Sorry, his Talmud Torah is so connected, is, is so translates into his life that he doesn't need to engage in tefillah. But even by the time of the Amoran, I think no one was on that level, you know. So you're talking a really, really high level. But if you can do that, Harzim Shuba. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Let, let me take it down a level. Okay. Okay. That's not, that, that wasn't, that's not yeah. what I meant. I didn't mean like equating myself to the custom. I know. Yeah. I just meant that you do the thinking beforehand. Like, yeah. Like we, what we've discussed already, you know, for however long it takes you. Um, now the question is saying it through tefillah, there is a benefit to it. Yeah. Now the question is how long do I need to spend in tefillah such that my right. so the, that's my, my favorite answer is Rukhaim's answer in I think it's quoted in Nefesh Rav that um, someone I think someone saw Rukhaim davening really quickly 
like he'll get done with Shmuel Esther really quickly. And someone asked him, he said, like, um, you know, because uh, I'll say that you should dive in like, you know, really, you know, uh, really carefully as if, you know, the, at the speed that, that you count your money. I says, yeah, I count my money really fast. You know, the, the, the point, though, was that was that, yeah, for someone probably like Rukhayim, he could go through it really fast and be very careful and precise and think about the ideas. But for most of us, you know, we would just be being superficial if we did that. So it just depends on your level. Depends on your level, yeah. The guy standing behind me taking an hour, you know, that's... I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, you realize... You have to wait. Right. So you also got to realize... See, this, this, is, this is already how my feels are changing from doing the Shema okay. That again, I think until... Um, until we started doing Shema Koleinu last week, I think when I say Shema Koleinu, Shema Koleinu, I think what I really mean is listen to my tefillah, you know? And I think just the step of realizing it's Shema Koleinu and we're talking about the nation, you're davening to Hashem that he answers that guy's tefillah too, you know? Uh, like it's, it's you know, and, and, and yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, David and then uh, fine. Yeah. Uh, something that Ariel making me think of, I think worth sharing. Of. Yeah. Uh, the times I do have this feeling of like wanting to run through my tefillah, yeah. oftentimes that there is then something else going on in my day that I feel like I want to get down to class so I can go do yeah, this thing. Right. And every time that happens, I make the effort to catch myself and say like exactly the flip. The right. I feel like I need to be doing this thing because I'm the one who is going to determine whatever effect or I'm going to be the, um, like the strongest <laughs> mover in, yeah. or the most powerful mover in whatever I want to be happening. Happening. Right. This is like the prime opportunity for me to say, like, wait, actually, the flip slow down my tefillah, right? Good. Whatever. That's a there's a there's a name for that technique in uh, mindfulness where you take the thing uh, that is um, that is like a potential distraction or a potential thing that gets you out of it, and you change that into a trigger to get back into it. You know um, that. But what Ariel's talking about though is actually an open Mishnah. I think it's in Avos and in uh, in in Brachos. Uh, it is two thirteen. Rabbi Shimon Omer. Be careful in Krishma and Tefillah. And when you daven, don't make your Tefillah into like a, uh, a rote thing. It should be um, like, uh, supplicate, mercy and supplication before God. And I think the Rambam there says um, that, uh, yeah, don't make it Keva. Like tefillah is a weight upon you. And you treat tefillah like, like a task that someone tasks you with, so you could just like like get it done as quickly as you can. You know, I have so much work to do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a humbling thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fine. Yeah, on the point that you were saying, Ariel, um, it's not like you were saying that the guided meditation part is more than Shmonasra. I was understanding that like Shmon Esra is the guided meditation part and the rest of it is like the build up to Yeah, it, it's the same it's a method of guided meditation to prepare you for the essential guided, guided meditation which is Shmon Esra. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. yeah. And and I think that with the Sim Harishonim were doing they their tefillah was the central thing. They were accomplishing in their meditation what what Chazal broke down for us and made it obligatory through these these uh, before and afters, you know. Um so yeah. Um okay, the next th- the next answer is um, that there's another thing which is implicit here that you can't get through just doing your own like thoughts, which is tefillah is lifnei Hashem, okay? And uh, and lifnei Hashem is a certain state of mind where you are focusing attention on the fact that that God is a reality and you exist before Him as a reality, you know? And we don't really do that when we're just like planning our day, you know? So putting yourself in that state um, and creating time to do that will affect you in a different way. And, and the analogy is 
standing for the king. Okay. If you've ever, I mean, we don't have kings, so it's hard to, to, um, uh, to like, give this analogy, but if you've ever given a public speech or ever had to go in front of a boss or ever had to talk about Pesach and it's scary, you know, then, uh, then uh, you, you could do all the preparation that you want ahead of time. But like, it's a different experience than when you're act, when you're standing in front of, of the one who you have a year from, you know, uh, and, uh, and like, and, and, and going through that, even though tefillah is essentially a mental activity, going through that mental activity in that state is a heightened level of concentration, you know, and it's going to impact you in a different way than the other stuff. Um, okay. The other 10 answers are in the five part series that we did prompted by another question from Warren last year, about the, why we can't change the text of tefillah and all of these are relevant as well. Right. So we, we, we went through this, you know, I, I think it was five, um, five, five parts here uh, that we did where we went through all these, maybe it was three, I can't remember, but um, so this is just like a quick Hazara, but, um, and not all of these apply to Ariel's question, but first it was the Rav's idea, which was that um, to initiate a conversation with God is not a simple thing. God is not a human being. There's, uh, you know, only the Nevi'im knew how to, uh, to really like initiate this conversation. And that's part of the reason why we need a Matir. Um, we also don't know what is acceptable or unacceptable before God, which is why we're utterly dependent on the Chachamim and the Nevi'im to formulate our tefillah for us. And Moshe Rabbeinu for saying it. And Moshe Rabbeinu for saying it, that whole idea. This third point is what Avital was saying, which is that um, the text embodies great Chachma that you shouldn't tamper with. And even translating tefillah, you run the risk of losing all that stuff. Now, we kind of have no choice because English is our first language. So we have to like work back to what the original meaning is. But even, you know, my favorite example is like, you know, Chacham. You can't translate Chacham into English. I think Rebbe gave this example on one of the tefillah shirim that, you know, Chacham is not a wise man. It's not a sage. It's not a thing. Chacham is much more than that, you know? Um, and and uh, and so so when you if you were to tr- translate chachma into wisdom already you're losing something so each of these phrases is packed with meaning both in the words and in the context that they come from and so you you should not if you translate it you're you're risking losing it and certainly if you make up your own words you're just not even getting the points that they're that they're making um, uh, yeah Avital. I was just going to ask from before, like you were saying to have that recognition that you're like standing in front of a king or right. like that. Like, I just don't understand how you really make that real. Like whether you're on like either a subway or it's sitting in your house or wherever it is, it just doesn't feel like really the reality of the situation when you go over to your shelf and, you know, pull off a a book, a sitter. But like, like, I just don't understand exactly how you're supposed to have that. Yeah, that, that, that is a good question. I mean, I, I um, my this is my own personal technique. Okay. And I, I think again, you know, I'm a big fan. I've said this a lot of times of the, um, the strategy of uh, conservation of Kavana, like save your Kavana for the most important things. So I, I don't even really, I mean, I, I, I'm not praising myself for this. I'm, 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 this is an insult to myself. I don't even like actively access this idea, except really in Yom Yom which, you know, like, uh, you know, I really should do this every tefillah, but on, on Yom Yom when I daven, you know, especially Musaf of Rosh Hashanah and then the Ilah of Yom Kippurim. The way I think of Omid Lifnei Hashem is I take, you know, I mean, obviously, like, I mobilize by, by you know, having whatever my current level of knowledge of Hashem is, but the essence for me of Omid Lifnei Hashem is you are completely seen by, by the source of all reality. Like, you cannot hide anything, you know, that the one who created you 
And, you know, like I, I get this from David and Melech. I mean, um, in uh, an obscure, and we don't say this one, Tilim 1 in 38. This is one of the ones that I, I wanted to do, but we stopped doing Tilim here. <laughs> but, uh, um, but this is good too. Um, yeah. Um, uh, no, sorry, 139. So th- this is, um, I'm just going to read this. We're not going to learn it right. It says, uh, for the conductor by David Assalam, oh, Hashem, you have scrutinized me and you know. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought from afar. You encompass my path and my repose. You are familiar with all my ways. For the word is not yet on my tongue. Behold, Hashem, you knew it all. Back in front, you have restricted me. You have laid your hand upon me. Knowledge is beyond me. Exalted, I am incapable of it. Where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the lowest depths, behold, you are there. Were I to take up the wings of dawn, were I to dwell in the distant west, there too, I guess that's where I go to the cabins. There, there too, your hand would guide me and your right hand would grasp me. Would I say, surely darkness will shadow me? Then the night would become as light around me. Even darkness obscures not from you and night shines like the day. Darkness and light are the same. You have created my mind. You have covered me in my mother's womb. I acknowledge you for I am awesomely, wondrously fashioned. Wondrous are your works and my soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you. That which I was made in concealment, when it, which I was knit together in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my unshaped form, and in your book were all were recorded. Though they will be fashioned through many days, to him they are one. To me, how glorious are your thoughts, Hashem, uh, O God, how very great are their headings. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand, even if I were to be constantly awake and always with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked. That's the pivot point. I guess, right? Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God, and men of blood to whom I say, depart from me. Those who pronounce your name for wicked schemes, it is taken in vain by your enemies. For indeed, those who hate you, O Hashem, I hate them. Wow, this is a real pivot. Uh, and I quarrel with those who rise up against you. With utmost hatred, I hate them. They have become enemies unto me. Examine me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts, and see if I have a vexing way, and lead me in the way of eternity. So except the part about defeating the enemies, to me, that's a really good description of how I relate to being only living Hashem, of like, God knows every single thing about me. There's no way to hide. And therefore, and which again is really saying also like, who am I trying to hide from? I'm only trying to hide from myself. I can't hide from, from God. And given that, that produces this tremendous humility and utter recognition of dependence on, on God. And like, you know, so, so Avital, that's like the only strategy I can give you right now of being only living Hashem. I mean, theoretically, like if we learn through this whole thing, you know, this is all preparing us to be only living Hashem. And like, but like, I think that's not, like, that's not a regular ahas type answer, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Because some, sometimes like, I feel like I'm kind of like faking it out. Like, and it goes back to my like first grade thoughts of like, okay, King, scary King, like yeah, right. nervous, like, yeah. like, I just don't know what to be yeah. like. And, and I think this is, this is where what Rifki quoted from me quoting the Rambam comes in handy, which is that, you know, the goal is not to have this in every tefillah. That's just unrealistic, right? The goal is to practice this every day, three times a day, or, you know, and then you get occasionally a really good tefillah. Like the Rav said about Yom Kippur, you need to go through many Yom Kippur's to have a, a real Yom Kippur. You need to go through many tefillahs to have like a a real tefillah with Kavana, but you won't have that if you don't practice it every day. You know, um, I all. Um, I was just going to say another strategy, which I sometimes find helpful Yeah, is like, like, I don't know how accurate the ideas are, I guess, but kind of just like closing my eyes and kind of like zooping out of the world a little yes. bit and like viewing it for, or trying, I guess, to like see outside the world. What? Yeah. Good verb. Zoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, and I think the strategy is also from you of like, say like hearing what like listening to what i'm saying with my eyes closed 
And I'm right. able to somewhat like picture it and think about it in a different way. Okay. Yeah. That's a good strategy. Yeah. The, the zoom strategy, the, the cosmic zoom strategy. Yeah. I know this is, yeah. With the, yeah. 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 Um, the, uh, I know my EO students have done this, but we, we, you know, we have the video of like zooming out in, in the world, but Rabbi Sachs, Rabbi, my Rabbi Sachs uh, taught, taught us that strategy of like, um, of, uh, of viewing yourself and then zooming out slowly and seeing the entire um, the entire big picture has a huge chachmas Hashem effect. Like like the example, I think the first example I thought of this actually was um, was uh, not in tefillah was with with uh, making a bracha on pizza. Okay, so uh, the the thing is you're about to make a bracha on pizza, right? So most of us will just make the mindless bracha, right? But if you zoom out both in space and in time, you realize okay, this pizza is made of three ingredients, right? Basically, you've got the bread, you've got the cheese, and you've got the sauce, right? Okay, right. But the, those are the three basics, right? Um, uh, so we think of it, of the pizza that we got as coming from the restaurant or from the store, right? You know, but really the wheat was grown and in fields that was watered by rain that like gave this, you know, that, that and the wheat has this property that you can crush it and make it into flour that when combined with water makes dough. And that this was all imported from Ukraine or wherever we get our uh, wheat from, right? I mean, you know, I don't know where we particularly get our wheat from, but and imported and put into a whole system of human beings that that process it and that have their livelihoods and that like get it to the shelves of the store and do that. But that's just from the human level. But then if you look at it from the meteorolo- meteorological level, you have the, the, the um, what's the cycle? The... Uh, the the, the the what was the the song water cycle the water cycle yeah that's what the water cycle of course yeah i'm saying the rain cycle no, that doesn't sound right yeah the water cycle you know and and uh and you know and you think about all that and you think of with the cheese and like all the cows and the milk and the enzymes and somehow this makes you know you zoom out and then you you picture this occurring on the massive scale of like you know or you the scale of in new york city and then new york state and then like the world and then the solar system these things, if you do this with all of your needs and all your brachos and all of your like statements of tefillah, it has a profound effect on you and putting you into like the perspective of God as the creator, you know? Um, and that I think is the, I think that's shot of, um, I, I think we've been over this before, but it's good to review. Um, oh, we're, we're already done almost. Or we'll, we'll wrap up. Sorry. I didn't realize. Um, yeah, they did come late. Um, uh, the, uh, hold on just a second here. Uh, no, that's the wrong message to take. Bad. Um, but in uh, there's there's um, uh, oh sorry there's um, kavana, and then there's what the wrong called tikkun haguf, uh, right? So tikkun haguf is it's not just bodily position; it's like um, bodily psychic stance. Okay, he says, You need to put your feet next to each other. Put your eyes downward as though you're looking at the ground. And have your mind directed upwards. As if you're standing in the sky. And I think that's the that's the, the reference to zooming. Because remember, Shemaim in biblical Hebrew does not mean like Olam Haba. <laughs> you know, it means the sky, right? It never means Olam Haba. Um, 
Uh, put your hand, your right hand over your left and stand like an evid before his rav in dread, fear, and uh, trembling. And, and don't put your hands on your hips. So again, all of this, these are like bodily and psychological postures that make you process the ideas of tefillah in the right way. So thinking about this, so I think that's what you're achieving with the, the jup, you know, um, of the, like putting yourself in a certain uh, uh, emotional intellectual framework. Okay, really quickly, just reviewing here, um, uh, the, you do have, okay, the text is designed to express truth and impact your emotions, which is not the same if you're just going to plant in your head, you know, like letting the phrases uh, affect you. Um, the descriptions of Hashem's actions that are used are calls to actions. Uh, see, this is the perfect example how we gave a whole share on this, and it didn't impact me until this year with, with that idea from Yaakov Trackman. And, uh, um, yeah, that's that's been changing my whole tefillah. The idea that what, everything we say in tefillah, we have to be doing. Um, I, 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 can't, I can't believe it. How did I not notice that before? I, I wrote these words, you know, but uh, yeah, uh, we rejected the idea of Kabbalistic significance of words and letters, not because of the mechanism, but because of the reasoning that the, I think the Abu Dhirim gave, which he said, this is predicated on the fact that we know for sure how exactly what letters and words are in tefillah. And he says, no one knows anymore. So even if you held that there were Kabbalistic secrets in there, no Nusach of tefillah has it. And then same thing. Oh, sorry, that was the George Rishima. So this is rejecting the Kabbalistic. You know, this is rejecting rejecting the thing that the certain Kabbalistic notion of like by you saying this, you're effectuating certain mechanisms in, in the Shemaim to like have certain impact on the world, you know, like just through the recitation. Um, okay, changing the text of tefillah willy-nilly detracts from the reverence of being Umi Hashem that connects to our Umilifne Hashem point. The new of tefillah is Masora of Torah Walpa, and we don't want to lose it. Okay, that doesn't really relate to this. And then there's an emotional pitfall of giving into primitive religiosity. Um, which is true, but I think if you're just, I think the danger here is the other way. They'll go to like taking God out of the picture. Yeah. Okay. So again, this is not meant to be exhaustive, but just like, just, you know, just to review everything. Okay. Why, if the, if the bulk of what we describe Bakasha work is occurs in the mind, why you need to feel at all. So the Misa Hamitzvah keeps you anchored in all the ideas. And if you stop doing the Misa Tefillah, you're just going to stop doing the activity. That's human nature. That's what happens to the reform movement. You know, um, we had the idea of Tefillah really, um, the verbalization has a certain emotional impact that is beyond just the recognition of the ideas. Uh, if Tefillah feels like perfection, it is perfecting yourself, but it's a concentrated act of perfection, whereas all the other mitzvahs are individual tools of perfection. We had the idea of um of it's a guided meditation and the essence is in the daily practice multiple times a day, not in the particular thing. And we had the idea of the, con- the context of the rest of not just Shavach, Bakasha, and Hoda, but the whole rest of Shafris frames your Bakashas in a different way than it would be if you did, uh, you know, just like that. We have the idea of Omi Lufne Hashem being in a certain emotional state uh, and mental state when you say it. And then we have uh, these, uh, these uh, reasons that we gave that... <laughs> Explain why you can't change the text of tefillah, why you can't get rid of it altogether. All right, so hopefully that was useful. <laughs> okay, so as predicted, we didn't get to Shmakolenu, but I think we're we're understanding. This is all helping with Shmakolenu, right? You need to know what type of tefillah God listens to, and this is the type of tefillah God listens to. Yeah, okay, very good. Uh, have a good... Uh, yeah, all right, have a good, uh, good night and all a good right, rest of the week. All right, bye. Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.